The Christian Andriacchio case was prematurely closed by authorities, but many questions remain. Come behind the curtain and follow private investigator Sheila Waisaki as she uncovers the truth about what happened to Christian. This is Without Warning. Warning, the following episode contains elements that are graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. The last episode you heard Cassie Coleman, Benny DeBose, Jay Arrington, Gypsy Ward, Tony Green, and Richie McAllister all discussing Christian Andriacchio's case. The focus was on the case file, who had it, and what was in it. Of course, they were able to get in several underhanded remarks about the Andriacchios, the family asking questions on the botched investigation, Two things everyone in that room agrees on. One, it was a botched investigation, and two, the body was moved. Even with that information about the investigation and the case, no one in that room feels the need to help this family and find out the truth. It appears the truth is what these six individuals decide. Many people have asked me where the tape came from. Who leaked it? Jay Arrington was asked directly if he leaked it. He denied it. He said he turns in the body cam at the end of the night to the chief. I asked Joel Hamilton if he FOIA'd the tape. He said he did. When we FOIA'd the tape ourselves, we were denied. Joel must have a very special relationship with the police department to get it. During the leaked meeting, Jay Arrington said Mark Gillespie, a private investigator and forensic expert, called him and said our team had new evidence. As you heard last week, I said that was a lie. It is. But I want you to hear for yourself from Jay Arrington speaking what was said between Mark Gillespie and Jay Arrington. You decide why Jay would say that. You decide what the truth is. In today's episode, you will hear the audio of Mark Gillespie reaching out to Jay Arrington a couple of weeks prior to July 1st. I have cut out two names in this audio because I promised these people I would not use their names. Jay Arrington obviously has a problem with these two individuals. To be clear, Mississippi does not regulate or require private investigators to be licensed. The two people that Jay Arrington is trashing are people that got more done than the police department or MBI at the time. The emails that Jay Arrington is referring to are going to be available to my Patreon group for discussion. Listen to the call between Jay Arrington and Mark Gillespie, and you tell me if Jay Arrington represented our intentions correctly in the leaked meeting. Hello. Hey, is this uh, uh, Jay Arrington? It is. Hey, Jay. Uh, my name's Mark Gillespie. I'm sorry I missed your call this morning. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Good. Hey, I'm just, uh, I'm a private investigator. I'm working uh, on that Christian Andriacchio case. Um, yeah. And I just thought I'd give you a shout to see uh, 
you know, find out what the status of that case is and see if you could just chat about it? Well, I mean, for the case, it's uh, been turned down as far as uh, trying to get an indictment on it by the district attorney. It was turned over to the state, and the uh, the, uh, the state investigated it, and uh, they declined to indict. So it's really not a lot of status there. You're working for the Adrakios, I tip my hat to you because I've done everything I can to help the people. And all I get is, especially from Mrs. Andrakio, the most nastiest of emails of anybody I've ever had to tolerate emails from. But, you know, I wish you luck working for them. Well, I appreciate that. Um, you know, it just seems like that case is, uh, it, it, it reeks of a homicide, not a suicide. Well, uh, everybody likes to say that. And uh, uh, I couldn't even get the district attorney to agree with me on where he's sitting at. What are you basing homicide on? Where, where's the reeking coming from? Well, that's, I mean, just look, again, I don't have uh, the full advantage of all the, the case file, but but just looking at the pictures, you know, analyzing the crime scene uh, from that. Oh, okay, uh, where you got him sitting at? Where you got him at when he gets shot? Say again? Where do you have him placed at the time he gets shot? Well, that's that's a good question. I I don't think personally, I don't think he was in the tub. Um, There's no way he was in the tub. He was sitting on the toilet. Okay. Um, you look at the trajectory of the bullet. He was sitting on the toilet. The bullet went in the right side of his head. Outside the left side of his head, it struck the wall right next to the light switch and ricocheted. The projectile landed back in the, the tub. Yeah, he was pulled off the toilet and put where he was at. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I worked that place, case quite hard myself. I couldn't even get the idiot district attorney we had uh, at that time to see to where he was at. But I said he was obviously sitting on a, a toilet. The, bowl, the, the bullet went through his head, hit that wall, and bounced back and landed in the tub. And he's like, how do you figure that? Well, I'll ask anybody, including you, if you want to sit out and pictures, how are you putting me anywhere else? Anywhere else except sitting on that toilet. Yeah, I mean, I don't dispute that at all. That makes a lot of sense, especially with that. Okay, with look at the position of the guide right on the 45 camber, the way it's canned at an upward 45-degree angle. If you take that camera and put it in your hand, you make a curl of your arm, you stick that gun to the side of your head, where's that guide right going to be? Well, it's going to be over by that uh, that wall, that outlet. All right, if you take, I'm talking about the, the, the contact one on the side of his head. If you take the gun, and just like anybody's going to shoot yourself, you place that barrel, you put it in your right hand, you place that barrel to the side of your head, which way is the guy right going to be pointing? It's going to be pointing up and slightly yeah. forward. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I believe he's sitting on the toilet. Early in the evening, he's already saying, I'm going to kill myself if you leave me to the, uh, the young lady. And they got the gun away from him, you know, more than once. Uh, this time he had the gun his head pointed to his head. Somebody tried to get that gun from him, and it went off. After that, they moved his body where he's at. And then that, uh, bullet and flaring, he had his, his, uh, his, uh, bank car down trying to get his money out of the bank so I would say that's who pulled him off that toilet put him where he was at and was trying to get his money out of the bank but did he have the gun in his hand when it went off I believe it was yeah, and if anybody if anybody wants to debate that I'd be glad to sit down 
get the pictures with me. I'll be glad to go over every bit of it with you. Well, I'm not. Uh, I'm not certainly not debating it. I. Uh, I would love that opportunity anyway. But how do you how do you account for the uh, the gun being wedged between his his knee thigh and the tub? It was put there. Okay, that's. I would agree with that. Um, do you think the crime scene or the bathroom was cleaned up before uh, before you guys arrived there? Yeah, I do. Because the, the blood spatter on that on that uh, from the left side of his head towards the door and the and the uh, the sink and the wall. Uh, it, there's, no they, there's no doubt they altered the crime scene. Yeah. I wanted to, to pursue that charge, but before I ever got involved in the case, the statute of limitations had already ran on it, so I couldn't get them with tampering with the crime scene. The statute of limitations had ran out. Yeah, that's got to be frustrating. Well, I want to, to, to charge him with uh, the, uh, the, uh, the homicide being by, you know, caused by their own negligence because they got the gun prior, from him prior to get it away from him, and he just slowly threatened to shoot himself, but you're going to give him back a loaded gun? He didn't, when he, he said he was threatening to shoot himself and all this, you get the gun away from him, you didn't call his family, you didn't call for medical help, you didn't call the police, you didn't call him, and you give it back to him. Yeah. So, I mean, right there, I mean, when he killed himself, the responsibility fell on them because they knew the mental state that he was in, they got the gun from him, but they gave it back to him. Yeah. What uh, what are your thoughts on that uh, that gun being decocked? Remember, we have first-hand eyewitness testimony on the gun. It was not decocked by anyone at the scene. I think more likely police uh, coming on scene, first thing they want to do, I've never understood it, they always want to make it safe. Yeah. And you, you, take, you take the cops, always going to pick it up and uh, fiddle with it. I've had <laughs> for millions of years. Well, you know, that's why, why you play with a gun? Well, I was making it safe. Yeah, well, if it's laying there and nobody touches it, it's not going to shoot itself. So exactly how are you making it safe? If you leave it alone, it is safe. Yeah. But cops, I mean, all over this country, cops, when they, especially the first responders, first thing they want to do is get there, and the guns anywhere around, they want to make it safe, you know? Yeah. yeah. They want to they mess with the damn gun. They do that. They, they always do that. But who probably put it there initially after he was shot? Probably Dylan Swearinger before he got his bank card, went to get his money out of the bank. Yeah, that's that was incredible. Um, but the thing about it is, when I ran through, I wanted to try to get an indictment for uh, the uh, cop's death by their own neglect. And I say, if we get into the Drakia, Ben Drakia won't murder or nothing. The Andreacchios have nothing to do with what someone is charged with. I've never heard so many people point fingers at a victim's family. Well, it don't work that way in the real world. You go with the best charge you think you can get a conviction on. But she won't murder nothing. And you ain't going to get no murder on that case. Yeah, but you what... cannot prove a murder. Yeah, so so what do you think is the best charge? Uh, the charge is that this is caused by their own neglect. It's my, uh, I have to look up the exact charge for it's manslaughter by your culpable uh, neglect. In other words, they had to get away from him. They didn't call for anybody to intervene in his mental state. Or anything else. And they give the gun back to him knowing he's in that mental 
put his gun back to him, though he's in that mental state, he's not stable, he's trying to hurt himself with it, and you give it back to him, then you got manslaughter by a couple of negatives. Yeah. Well, what about uh, the DA, Bilbo Mitchell? Did he, uh, uh, was he hard to deal with on this case? Uh, he, he wouldn't even, he wouldn't even concede to the fact that he was sitting on that door and he was shot. Now, they asked me, well, how do you, how do you, how did you come up with that? I told him with a damn tape measure. I told him, how did you come up with your ridiculous ass theory? <laughs> I mean, and, and you take like the, uh, the, uh, the NBI investigated it, man, their, their theory was he shot himself in the head, that bathroom, that bullet run all over that damn bathroom, looked at you like a, a Moscone pool shot, man, uh, <laughs> and it ain't possible. Yeah. I mean, there's no, the bullet didn't impact the bottom of the tube. What is it, my bullet strikes? No, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. He was sitting on that damn toilet. He had it just a pointed to the side of his head. Somebody tried to grab it. That pistol went off and shot him in the head. And then after that, it was, oh shit. They drug him over in the, in the, the bathtub. Yeah, they did, um, clean up the scene, there's no doubt. And, uh, yeah, the police did mess with the, the, the pistol because the, the bugs they had there when we had this chief we had for about a year. That's a whole other story. He had the biggest bunch of damn rookies in there working at crime scene I've ever seen in my life. And uh, they just, they didn't have a damn clue. But he was sitting on that toilet. He was holding that gun to his head, having one of his emotional moment. Somebody tried to take the gun away from him. This time they said, bang. And he's like, oh, shit. The, the cash cow, the money trains, done shot himself and put his ass like he was. They tried to get money out of the bank. They tried to use it to their advantage before everything got there. Because they knew once uh, they found out he was shot, that's the end of the free apartment and all the alcohol and drugs and all the goodies that they was getting. And all that was over with. So they tried to get that last little money out of the bank, get that last little hoorah. He's right down video doing it. You know, I believe he was shot when he was down there with that bank card trying to get that money out of the bank. I believe he was already shot then. He was trying to get the last little cash he could get out of that deal. I agree with, I as agree far, with that. And, as far as uh, Whitney saying, oh, I slept through it. I'm in this little bitty apartment. Yeah. And there's a little short barrel, 45 pistol went off in there. Oh, I slept right through it. But when they come down there to say he had shot himself, he just shook her a little bit. She just woke right up. She slipped to a 45, uh, shot to the side of him. Somebody, she didn't hear that 45 roar, and then that apartment went off. But when they went to wake up tell he was shot, he just shook her a little bit. Boy, she just smiled right to him. Right. That's, 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 that's bullshit in big fashion, too. Yeah. He knew he was shot. Well, he knew he was shot. Now, like I say, he was sitting on that toilet holding that gun to his head. He was. Now, either her or that, that other guy, I swear to you, tried to take your gun from it, and bam, it went off. That is the only way that that puzzle fits together. Yeah. Now, the GS, there was GSR on, on, uh, on Dylan's hand as well as Whitley's, wasn't that correct? Yeah, they had GSR on the hand, and of course, yeah. Uh, you know, the, you know, the weapons come from shooting prior to and all this. You know, I think uh, Whitney had GSR on her hands. And uh, you know and I know why they had GSR on the hands. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, do you... Uh, I like to think, 
Yep. What's that? The thing about it is, if uh, Androcchio, especially Mrs. Androcchio, always got along with the, the guy. As far as why, I understand the loss of the son. I've lost one of my own. I'm sorry. But uh, as far as this, uh, send me his messages about how they got you and you uncovering all this stuff, and uh, I must be corrupt like everybody else and getting paid and corrupt and all this. I done heard all that I'm going to listen to out of that woman. There has been no mention from Mark Gillespie regarding evidence what has and hasn't been found. This is all Jay Arrington's narrative. Yeah, I'm sorry. So I spent more time working on this damn case than anybody else. It's just like she had this dingbat lawyer up in Madison, Mississippi. And I go up there and she's got her little, her little guy, that's her investigator. And my they just, just absolutely, it's, it's a homicide. It's a homicide. You're like I told her, well, okay. Uh, she told me that you're, she'd been a prosecutor for Rankin County over Jackson all this time. And uh, she's this, she's that, she's the other. I said, well, okay. Swell. Show me what you got. Show me how I can prove it's a, uh, a homicide code. Well, show us what you got. I said, well, you call my ass over here because you're saying you can prove it's a homicide. Show me. Just like you. If you can show, prove it's a homicide, show me. I'm, I'm all ears. Yeah. I'll show you what I come up with, and I got this test by still how I come up with it. If you think it was a murder, show me. Yeah, no, I agree, and and you know I I agree a hundred percent with you that I don't I don't think it's suicide. It wasn't suicide. He's sitting there with his old baby. You leave me, I'll just kill myself. Oh, this is terrible. Right. You just the sweetest shot of ass I've ever had. You leave me, I'm gonna do this. No, you're not. Reach for the pistol. Bam! I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Now we got a mess. Well, you know, drag him over there. Let's get his wallet and go get some money. Let's get all the can out of this before the popo gets. We'll clean this stuff up. We'll make it like a shot of stuff. Uh, I don't want to say I grabbed that pistol and he blew his brains out. But you're already guilty of manslaughter by culpable negligence when you got it from earlier in the same damn evening, knowing he was liable to do that. You had the chance right there to get some help there for him. You had the chance to prevent that from happening. And you had the gun. But you give it back to him. Yep. All, all that's bullshit. But even admitting that, you've admitted to manslaughter by a couple of negatives. Well, what, uh, what do you think the future of this case is? Is there is it dead in the water? Well, uh, yeah, that, that's an interesting question. Because, see, my reverend the first time by this part where I worked, that uh, guy we had for a chief for about a year, he had me stuck in the yeah, I used to work cold cases. I used to work homicide cases. They had me stuck in a closet in the back of the office. You know, I'm the internal affairs guy, and you just stay back there and be quiet. It's like, okay. Oh, you're a troublemaker. Uh, yeah, I'm a troublemaker because I mean, I'm going to call it what it is. It's just like, like, but like I said, that, that woman, uh, Ms. Andragio, when I said that's all about cold, no, no, we want murder. Well, like I told her, I don't give a damn what you want. Facts. I go on what facts will, will tally up to, pull the hound, cha-ching, the total of the facts. That's what you get. You know, just because you want a murder don't mean I can give you a murder. Like I told her, I can't give you a murder, but I can give you manslaughter by a couple of negatives. Well, that ain't good enough. Well, okay. Swell. Well, what's uh, that the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation, their, their report or their investigation, it... Uh, 
to me, it didn't say it, it, it didn't say a whole lot. I mean, it just. Hey, Darrell, because you got this old girl uh, that uh, worked for the sheriff's office for a while. Her name's Jitsu Ward, uh, and she left sheriff. I wanted to work over there in the, the uh, AG's office, and um, she was going to present it this last time. And she even asked me, "Could I go in there <laughs> present it with her?" Because I knew the fact the case better she did. Uh, it's not a problem. And uh, come time for her to present, crickets chirping. They didn't call me. They didn't want me over there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get That's Mr. D.A. that wouldn't even agree that he was sitting on the toilet when the gun went off. Well, speaking of the D.A., like, go ahead. Well, you got one now. She's running for office. She got a point because our, our other D.A. we had for years and years and years. Uh, Mr. Let's Make a Deal, he decided to retire after his kid died of a drug overdose. So now they appointed this lady, Cassie Coleman. She's in DA now. And damn, I don't think she's a bigger idiot than what uh, he was. But right now, since she's running for election, she's never been elected before. She was just appointed to finish out his term. Now she's running for election. The only thing she's worried about is politics, getting votes, not pissing nobody off. Yeah. So... We get anything done before the election? No, not a chance. We get anything done after this election? Maybe. Maybe. Possibly. But, you know, the ones that cause more harm to this case than anybody else is the Andrachios. Oh, is that right? I know they want to see it done, but they, they had these two idiots that called themselves private investigators. One of them used to work at the police department here for a while. They were running a damn sporting goods store. Uh, Mr. I have blocked out the names of the two individuals Jay Arrington is talking about. The big high rolling private investigator, they ain't never investigated nothing in the damn life, but they was bleeding in Drakios for money, and that amounted to nothing. These two individuals that Jay is talking about did receive money. And then you got this uh, Max, whatever his name is, is working for this lawyer up in Madison. Let's break this down. First of all, the attorney that Jay Arrington is speaking about is a very well-qualified attorney. The investigator that Jay Arrington is talking about is Max, who you heard from in Culpable. Max challenged Jay Arrington, and that's why Jay doesn't like him. Cynthia challenged Jay, and that's why Jay didn't like her. And, of course, she's a female in the South, what I have found is Jay Arrington makes a lot of assumptions, one of which is about money and how many people are making money on this case and how many people are being paid. Once again, he is incorrect. He's another one. I mean, as long as somebody's writing the check, I know it's a murder, okay? But he never showed me just exactly how it was a murder. So I seriously doubt that Cynthia and Max set up a meeting and Jay Arrington showed up with the case file. Like I say, if you want to come over here, I'll sit down and go with you. I'll look at the pictures with you. And I mean, I'll go do everything with you. And if you think it's a murder, show me how you think it is. Put it on paper. Uh, put it on some of the grand jury and say, that's a damn murder. Well, you know what? I would uh, I would like to take you up on that. Uh, not necessarily to dispute you, but I just to, just to see what... Uh... Oh, trust me. Trust me. I'm not the most... I ain't the most know-it-all person that's ever lived now. I mean, if I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong in heartbeat. But like I say, I got my theories of what happened, and I can go off the crime scene, the facts, and what I can show 
what I think happened. If somebody can turn it into something else other than what I think happened, I'm all ears. I'll listen to anything anybody wants to say. Well, that's good. I appreciate that. Um, but well, the thing they're going to have to do, the Andrake is, if, uh, if they want any help from me in resolving that case, they need to, I, I don't, I don't, that last email she sent me, I said, Ben, that would be about enough of that. About how I, I must be you know, corrupt, taking pay, and all that. As hard as I worked on that case for them after it was screwed up so bad, and, and I tried to work on it in part to, just because they had a dead kid. I wasn't doing it for a paycheck. I thought she had a dead kid. Then she going to send me them shitty emails uh, accusing me of corruption and, and all this stuff all the time. That ain't the way you get help. I don't know exactly what I'm supposed to be corrupt about, really. <laughs> right. but I fought like hell to try to get that case past that stupid-ass district attorney. He waited just before I was going to present it to the grand jury. He shot it over there and let the AG's office handle it. Wow. Just, just before time made it presented to the grand jury. Of course, his kids were tied up, and with her kid and a lot of other that. What she wants to admit is not she likes talking about what a dope or everybody else's kids was. She needs looking in the damn mirror, you know? Yeah. I think that was a low blow to Christian, and I also think that Jay Arrington needs to get his facts straight. Christian could not have kept his job if he was on drugs. Nobody's kids is perfect, but uh, Bilbo Mitchell's kids was tied in with that group of uh, kids when this this guy got shot. And she, she wanted me to drag him into it somehow. And if you don't drag Bilbo Mitchell, the, the former district attorney's kid, into it, well, you must be part of a conspiracy cover-up, whatever. Yeah. And uh, like I say, them people need to get over themselves a little bit. I, mean, I don't know how to get hooked up with you. Uh, if you can work for them, I'm proud for you. I tried to work for them, and I tried to do the most for them, and I didn't ask for nothing, not even a thank you. Yeah. And I get all these... these there's always her, you know, what a what a shitty crook on a take being paid off pile of trash you are if you can't make it a murder. Yeah, I, I understand. So um, what does she want you to make it into? Well, I'm just looking a murder. I'm you know, we're just my my goal is to is to collect the facts and figure it out based on my experience, my knowledge. Uh, just like you. That's right. Just you let the you. facts lead you. You don't lead the facts. That's what not, I told her. I let the facts lead me. I don't lead the facts. I'm not being told. That's what I tell her. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, and that's what I tell her. I, I, I try to get the truth for you. The truth is she don't want manslaughter by a couple of next ones. She wants a damn murder charge. And that's the only thing going to make her happy is a murder charge. And she ain't going to get it. It's not going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Well, what was your... Because one, I, for one, I know, but I know in my own mind, he was sitting on that toad holding that gun to his own head. Because you can, you can stand any way you want to stand. You try to stand there in front of him, and him sitting on that toad, because by the bullet trajectory, that's where he was, that bullet hit the damn wall. And you stand there and try to hold that gun and tilt that guide rod up like that. Tell me, how are you going to be standing there holding that gun like that, standing in front of him? It ain't going to happen. It's just not going to happen. The guide rod stamped in his head. That tells him which way that pistol was cannoned. And if you point that gun, where that guide rod be cannoned like that, and you stand in front of him, you're going to have to roll that thing over where the, the magazine wheel is almost going to be pointing up looking at you to get that guide rod inside of his head like that. And nobody holds a gun like that. 
But if you put that gun in your hand, try it with, with anyone you choose. Just take it, put it in your hand, curl your arm over, point it to the side of your head, and tell if that barrel don't land on the side of your head, this guy right just like that. Then you get in, then you get in that little old bitty ass bathroom, you stand right in front of him, because it's just a little one way, you got a sink, you got a commode, you got a tub, you stand there in front of him like you're yapping with him. How are you going to put the gun to his head and tilt the guy right up like that? Yeah. He's got it in his hand. He's trying to get it from him, and it went off. That's what happened. Yeah. No, I, I, I can see that. I can definitely see that. Um, okay. Well, like I say, anything else you want to go over, just load up, come on over here, and I'll go over any way that I can to try to help you. Despite... That. Despite all her shitty ass emails telling me, I would still like to resolve this case, Paul. Well, good for you. I, that's that's awesome. Well, well, uh, what is what is your title? Are you uh, captain of investigations? I'm the captain of investigations now. Uh, uh, you can go all the way back to when I was uh, a detective working investigations, just working general cases, detective working cold cases, uh, detective working. Uh, cases and working in time of fire. Okay. Just working in time of fire. I mean, I've, I've been playing this game for nearly 30 years. Yeah, well, good for you. So when when this case was uh, uh, in 2014, uh, when, when Christian was uh, killed. We had an idiot here. Uh, the, the first black mayor of the city of Maryland got elected. He brought in his chief. And uh, he was an absolute lunatic. He brought him in here as a political favor to a person that helped finance his campaign. And he brought him in here and uh, made him chief. He liked to destroy this whole department. He, he, he told who was that? James Lee. James Lee. James Lee. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just go on the internet. You can see. You can still see stuff on about James Lee. He wasn't here. He didn't survive for about twelve months for him. Even the mayor had a cut unless he was trying to fire everybody down here that had any time in. Uh, he decided that I needed to be uh, over internal affairs, and, and I still keep the office that he put me in just just for the sake of so, because it is a, a actually a storage room of cleaning supplies right beside the door. You go into the jail. Uh, he stuffed me in the back of the building and said, "Stay there now," and that's what I did. And I, I spent, I spent all my time back there. And, and as soon as he come away with Mary, you know, I went from lieutenant to captain, and uh, eventually running CID. So he was the chief when uh, Christian was uh, uh, when he Christian. He was the chief. I think he was. I think he was living in the same apartment complex out there. So did he roll over uh, with the DA? All he did, he showed up at the time. Uh, he had a bunch of very green detectives down trying to work the thing. He walks in there and says, anybody can see this as a suicide, roll it up, and let's, let's, let's wrap it up and get out of here. Okay, so I heard that. So that was the chief that said that. Yeah, James Lee. I'll be done. Okay. Sure did. But like I said, the, the detectives I had at the time were some of the very greenest rookies we had at that time. Uh, <clears throat> it was a very difficult time for this, this police department whenever he was here. He set this place back for about 25 or 30 years. He tried to run all the old people off, and uh, he wanted to run me off. He just didn't make it. But he, he, he had his own little agenda when he, he came here. He's a 
Hey, Steve representative named Benny Thompson. He's representative in uh, for North Mississippi up there. He uh, he backed the mayor's second run for uh, mayor, and uh, he, he didn't get elected the first time. But he backed him on his second run, and he got elected. He uh, handed that job to James Lee because James Lee was one of Benny Thompson's uh, big buddies. So, so he rolled in here, and, he, uh, he, and I, ain't, I ain't never seen nothing like that man before since, as far as just being an absolute idiot trying to destroy a police department. But That's he did. Yeah. That's I mean, we had, we had people protesting, and the parking lot citizens building up the parking lot, they're protesting about that joker. I mean, he just, he was just off the chain. Wow. But he, he's the one, he, he, he didn't help this case none either by blowing in there, uh, you know, saying this is obvious suicide, y'all wrap it up, that he, he shouldn't have done that. But like I say, uh, I'm not impressed with the, the case work it done to start in. Did they screw up the scene to start with? Did they, did they do the right kind of investigation? No, they didn't. I mean, nobody, nobody can just need that. But the, all these, all these, People that he let Dracula heard, like his lawyer up in Madison and her guy, like say two private investigators from a sporting goods store, and all that. When they put all their crap in there, that clouds up the case. Yeah, yeah, I got that you. clouds up the case. And I was, if you ain't gonna put something in there that's gonna move that case forward, you need to keep it out of the case file. Because <laughs> that's another reason that uh, Bilbo didn't want to touch it. Because no matter who touches that case file, they all came up with different opinions. Yeah. So when when did some you, of when, some of them went from uh, you know like the deal with the NBI, this ricocheting bullet all over the room like a pissed off hornet, I, and I'm like, this is supposed to be state level people investigating this. And I'm like, I'm like, where in the hell did they come up with that theory that they come up with? Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that's clouded this case up. Yeah. Well, when did you I, when did you come on board in this case? Oh, I was way late. I mean, I was after the James Lee had come gone, after the case had done been shelved, after all these various PIs and lawyers have been hired, come and gone. They've got a guy that works here. Uh, he's supposed to be the cold case investigator. He's just assigned to the chief of police. He don't work. Man, he worked on it for a while. And uh, I think Ms. Andrachio got over his skin, and he just said, screw it. I ain't fooling with the Andrachio no more. And then the chief governor says, he's giving it to me. I'm like, okay. And I went to work on it, and I got it all the way ready to I was ready to go to the grand jury with it, and then Bilbo Mitchell pulled it and sent it to the AG's office just to stall it some more. And then that, that idiot, uh, her name is Gypsy Ward, she's a, a uh, woman that thinks she's a guy that used to work for the sheriff's office over here. She ain't got, she ain't never worked a damn case like that. She goes in there and bumbles through it at, at the DA at the grand jury, and they just can it. But after all that work I did, I didn't get to go away and present one thing that I did for all that work. So Bill Mitchell took it away and sent it over to the AG's office. He's the one that killed it right there because I was going for manslaughter by a couple of negatives, and I believe I would have got it. Yeah. But Bill Mitchell, he screwed that up for me. So you think Bill Mitchell's 
uh, motivation to kill it was his son's involvement? Or no, I don't know what his motivation was to kill it because Bilbo Mitchell is a guy that don't want to go to trial and nothing. He likes little simple cases where you come in there and you make a plea deal because yeah. he was all about his stats, his numbers. To him, a plea deal is a win. If you win it in court, that's a win. But a plea deal is a win. Yeah. And he didn't want to. He didn't want to go to trial or nothing like that. I hear you. And uh, and and that's what he wants. He wants something simple. They walk in, they just bam, take a plea deal, and that's it. And one like that, he, he just did not want to fool with it. Yeah, that's a shame. He did, he, he did not want to go to trial and put it in front of a jury, which I was all for it. I would love to sit there and be able to explain why he's sitting where he's at. And I know that body's moving. I know that bathroom's cleaned up. And like I say, you had obvious, even though they can't be charged for now, you got obvious tampering with crime scene, tampering with everything. I mean, you got that. Just, you got it. Yeah, I agree. That in itself supports what I'm saying about my theory of what happened. Yeah. And my, my, what I got when I went through the crime scene, I believe, and they keep talking about this knock report, and all this knock report. And well, that's fine. You got a knock report, but their, their report ain't gospel. And I didn't get to see, see what they did. I never got to sit down with them to this day to ask them how to come up with their conclusions. And then compare my conclusion with theirs. Who makes the most sense? I never got to. I never got to communicate with them people. Yeah. Well, no one is. No one has actually said uh, who who did it, how they did it, uh, what the trajectory was. Uh, oh, I know exactly what the trajectory was. Yeah, I mean, you, I, you've told, I know. Yeah, you've told me more information than I've heard from any anybody or anything. So. Uh, yeah, I, and, I know exactly. I recommend him about the same thing. I sat on that toilet, I put that gun to my head, and I looked right at that wall, and said, yep, sitting right here, gun right here, gun in his hand right here, right there. And I can just pitch him arguing, somebody reached to grab that gun, bam. Yeah. Well, uh, Captain Arrington, I uh, I appreciate you talking to me, and I, I what, what oh, you I'll talk to you anytime. All you got to do is uh, just keep the cell number, that's my direct number. You can talk to me anytime. You're welcome to come over anytime. Well, I'll take you up on that offer. I really will. Uh, yeah. Like I say, just call me whenever you want, whenever you want to. And uh, I'll help you any way I can. But the, the thing you need to communicate to the Adrakios, I'm not the damn enemy. Quit treating me like one. I, I hear you. And I'll, uh, I'll definitely do that. I, I, I'm about the only one that still wants to try and help them. Just accusing me of taking payoffs and stuff. That, that ain't going to get it done now. Yeah, I got you. Well, um, I'll... That's just, that's just reality right there. If you want somebody's, somebody's help, you know, and they stick their hand in hand, have to help you, you don't shit in the hand. I mean, if you want to help you, act like you want to help you. Don't kid me being a, a liar and a thief and corrupt and everything else. That's, that's not the way to get help. I mean, I think we can agree on that, right? I, absolutely, 100%. Yeah, I want to help them because they lost their son. Yeah. I want to make them understand what happened. Now, who put him in that tub? Dylan Swagger put him in that tub. That's when he had the opportunity to get that, that uh, money card out of yeah. his billfold and go down and try to get money out of the bank. Yeah. That's who put him over there. As little as, as uh, she was, uh, ain't no way in hell that she could move him over there. Yeah, I agree. She ain't big enough to move that far. Dylan had his money card. 
Dylan, you know, went to the bank, you know. Well, that, that, that card came out of his pocket, so, you know, I had to get it out of his pocket, throw him over in that bathtub, let him bleed out in the tub. You can do that bleed out in the tub, get his money card, and you clean up the wall over here. It won't look like he's over here. It looks like he shot himself yep. here at the bathtub. And I got his money card, and we'll report it after I get the money out of the bank. And then, you know, I'll all be good because he won't be reported dead after I got his money. Yep. Does that make sense to you? Uh, I'm tracking 100%. Yeah, well, that, that's how I see it. Like I say, if I'm wrong, uh, I'll, I'll put some salt and pepper on it and eat it. But that's what I'm seeing. Well, I, uh, I'm i not arguing with you on that at all. So. All right. Well, you know where I stay. Come on anytime. I, I'm, I'm open all the time. All right. I appreciate it. I'll text you my uh, email address and website. Uh, you can look me up and if you have any questions. All right, like I say, I'm here if you need any help. Anytime, you can call me 24-7. That ain't no joke. I got you calling me all the time. All right, man, I appreciate that. Take care. All right, you be safe. Everyone wants a hero, especially a police officer, someone who is there to protect and serve. Mark Gillespie shared this tape with our team. Everyone agreed Jay Arrington sounded sincere and maybe, just maybe, would break away from the establishment. We were all so hopeful that there was a good guy among them. Every once in a while in a case, I have someone who will step up and be the hero. Mark set up a meeting to go over the file, share what we knew, and see if we could move the case forward. On the day of the meeting, Mark confirmed the meeting with Jay Arrington. We showed up around 1 o'clock. By 1.15, I knew Jay Arrington was not going to be the hero in the case. He was not the guy you heard on the recording. He had no intentions of going over anything or helping. Once I heard what Jay Arrington said in the leaked meeting, I felt you all had to hear this audio and come to your own conclusion. Please share your thoughts on Without Warning Facebook page. What were your thoughts about what Jay Arrington said in this audio? I will continue the conversation with bonus episodes on my Patreon page, Without Warning. Please go to withoutwarningpodcast.com and buy a t-shirt and show your support to Christian Andriacchio. Christian's family gives their full permission for any and all details to be shared in hope that the truth will come out. If you know anything at all, call 1-888-599-0008 or email tips at sheilawysaki.com. If you or someone you know is dealing with suicidal ideation or is actively thinking about taking their life, please call the National Suicide Hotline at one 800 273-8255. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, join Patreon today. Without warning, executive director, executive producer, and host, Sheila Wysocki. And announcer, Tim Evans.